This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Swans Cast Podcast on this fine bank holiday Monday, when, which is when we're recording. So it's not actually that um, long after our last one, only a couple of days, only the weekend. But we're getting this one out early this week so we can, uh, well, we've got two games to talk about. And we've got Bournemouth, which is tomorrow night, um, the cup game, and we've also got the weekend, which sees, what do you call it? Do you call it a derby match, half a derby match against Bristol City? It's getting bigger, isn't it, I would say. Yeah, it's getting bigger only because of the fans. Yeah, so that's what is ahead this week. And obviously, we've got to talk about the result on the weekend um, on the Swans' trip up to Preston, which, you know, some good and some bad. I think um, a lot to talk about with that one as well. There's been a lot of uh, chat on Twitter about it. So it'd be good to hear your opinions in the comments. And obviously, we'll voice ours. We've got a couple of questions. Um, and obviously, you will do our two up, two out, two down from the Cross the League as well. So let's get stuck in. Um, last week on the pitch then. And as already mentioned, Swans made the trip up north to Preston North End. And there wasn't the fireworks that that came the last time the two teams played, where Joe Allen saw a red card from the bench. Um, but the Swans did go ahead in the first half. And by all accounts, I thought, and you thought, played quite well across the first half generally. So um, I know you saw more of it than me, so I'm going to le- let you lead with the performance discussion here we look at some of the topics then that have uh, coming out of that as well so first half specifically you mentioned to me being quite good so what yeah I think uh, I think we looked really good in the first half I think we like dominated the game really I can't remember Preston causing us too many problems I think we looked the more likely going forward um and then when we scored the goal which I thought was a lovely goal by the way like lovely play on that left hand side with uh Patino and Key, and then lovely ball over and finish from Ashby. So, and then I thought we were good value for that lead as well. And they look they look really sharp going forward. It was just it was just that different type of game where you thought, oh, we, you know, we look really sharp here. The goal was coming, and then they just carried it on, and we should have had a second goal really. When uh, Fulton, we take a quick free kick, and like Fulton goes through on his own basically, and Ashby's coming 
in from full back and if he can just square it to him at the right time it's 2-0 but he kind of takes a bit too long and invites the defender to come back in and we would have been 2-0 up at half time and it would have been deserved so I think um, you know it was really good signs in the first half we were trying to have another look at that when we but apparently nobody wanted to put it on the highlight reel <laughs> Cullen I thought Cullen looked quite sharp as well in the first half he had a couple of um, sort of pop shots he had uh, a couple of half chances he just looked lively I just, yeah it just was really impressed us in the first half so I think that's one of the big talking points uh, from just the selection in general then. So we, we we mentioned before in the last podcast before this, uh, obviously came out not so long before kickoff and just before the news of Joel Perot leaving broke, we knew it was happening but it hadn't been quite confirmed. The last time we spoke got confirmed, I think like an hour or something after I put the video up, as I said it would in the video, classic. Um, we'll talk more about Perot specifically later on, but we were mentioning who's going to come into the team to take that that vacancy, if you like, you know, he's been ever present this season. He started even the cup game, so we, I think, we said Liam Cullen, and Liam Cullen was the one that did get the shirt. So I was going to ask specifically about his performance, but you think he he did a good shift then? Yeah, well, more so in the first half than the second, and he was a bit quieter in the second half. But the first, like, um, you know, the first twenty, thirty minutes, especially, he looked really lively. Like he was getting in positions, and he had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of half chances tested the keeper once I think as well so um, I was quite impressed with him in the first half Yeah um, Yates I've seen people were not the most happy with his performance but then you know it's, 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 it's his old rival stomping ground so wonder if that had a part to play in it Yeah he's, he was quiet I think he was quite isolated at some times like maybe you know like doubled up which freed his up a bit of space for Cullen um, yeah. but he was he was quiet I think uh I think he might be right. I think it does play into it where, uh, you know, he used to play for Blackpool and he's uh, he's got a bit of a history for scoring against him as well, I mean. So I think, uh, yeah, they, they marked him out of the game really and he was quiet. So I don't know whether we missed Perot in that sense where maybe he, was, he attracts more defenders away, leaving space for Yates. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he was, definitely, uh, he was definitely really quiet in that game. But he is generally, yeah. I tend to find that you don't see him a lot. In, like generally in a game what I've seen so far of Yates you don't really see him that but he puts his chances away but he didn't have any I can't think in the game where he had like a proper chance in that game he was quite quiet he didn't really have the service um, <clears throat> yeah that's fair I, um, with Yates I think he like plays off a bigger player better maybe than a Cullen um, yeah he's going to He's going to be doing better when there's more of a target man next to him to hold a play, hold the ball up, you know, bring the balls down from the air and allow Yates to run off him. I think you could argue, I thought they played quite well in the cup game, but maybe in the league um, against tougher opposition, I can understand why that partnership might not be the best pair to go a lot of, for a lot of games with. I think like Yates will do better running off a bigger man. Same as Cullen, they're quite similar in the the runs that they like to make Culture, off the ball. Isn't it? Yeah, rather than being out and out like, right, I'm going to hold up the play and bully the defence. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like it was quite easy for Yates to get bullied in this game himself. And I've seen a lot of people mentioning how often he was getting pushed off the ball or yeah. pushed to the floor. Um, yeah. So maybe having, and we are linked obviously with one or two, which we'll discuss later on. That might make a big difference there. Maybe a bit better partnership for Yates to thrive off. Because I think there was some scrutiny over his partnership with Perot even. 
you weren't managing to get the best out of both of them at the same time. But it is early days. I guess that was a work in progress and there was no guarantees Perot of being here. And we did mention maybe Perot's head wasn't fully focused uh, like it was the start of last season. We would have seen the best out of him in the league, perhaps scared again injured or something like that. But um, time will tell. Uh, Yates has got two goals in, in four games. It's not a bad return. So probably maybe his worst outing so far. But he's still got a good record to back himself up so far. So he's, you know, we'll see how it goes when, when he gets the shirt next time, which I'm sure he'll probably start against Bristol. Um, okay, so that's Yates and Cullen. The other big question we mentioned before kickoff was Wood potentially going to Southampton not happened so far I'm not sure if they've come back in from what I've seen not quite so far this week um, we thought that Wood would probably not start the game based on the speculation yeah. by all accounts he had said he didn't want to be at Swansea anymore now that's unconfirmed um, but yeah so what do you think of that yeah, I didn't think uh, I I didn't think he was going to play. I was really surprised to see him on the, um, you know, on the starting lineup because I was convinced that he was that he was gone. Like you said, by all accounts, in the week he'd asked to leave. So um, yeah, I'm not really too sure what what's happening there. But then Duff came out as well after the game and said that he thinks he's going to stay. Um, he said he well, wants a Ferrari. What is that? What he said? He said I want a Ferrari for Christmas. So he's basically saying you've got to pay a lot of money. Forward yeah, if you yeah, want him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. If they if they if they put a high valuation on him, that's fair enough. Um, then they got to meet it. Um, but I think more specifically, he said he doesn't expect him to go to Southampton. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. So, but the fact that he put him in on the weekend suggests that they've said, "Look, it's not happening," or we don't expect it to happen. Um, so wait and see. But uh, yeah. I don't know if he'll... Uh, I don't know, well, we've still got a couple of days left, so I don't know if that'll yeah. change in the week now. He was kind of criticising uh, Southampton's bids. He was saying there was two bids, and they were basically the same bid in a different order. So obviously the upfront fee and then the add-on. I'd imagine they changed it the second time round to be a bigger upfront fee with less add-ons, but it was still the same total. And that does make sense from what we were seeing, because I think we saw it was like £10 million for the first time, and then when the headlines came out saying they'd come back for a second bid, the number was still like £10 million. Yeah, um, I, we I, were I, like, hang on, did we get it wrong the first time when I was saying that those numbers? Yeah, I, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're Honestly, right. I, I, just, I just kept seeing there was two bids, both for ten million. There was probably like one million pound over ten years for the first one. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, but uh, they've obviously got it. That's obviously they value it more than ten million. So personally, yeah. I think that's a, a very good bid for Wood. Um, I don't I know think what you think of that. I think that's the bid. I, so do I. Yeah, I was going to say I think that's a very fair bid for Wood. I think maybe they don't want to do business with uh, with Southampton. I'm wondering if 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 Wood did ask to leave, if he's been pulled aside and be like, look, we're not doing business with that club. Well, yeah, and and like I said, Duff's comment don't, was don't he's not going saying. to Southampton. Yeah. So whether he means you know he could go somewhere else, but he's not going to Southampton. I, I mean, if that is the case, I'm quite happy to see them being so hard because it's not easy yeah, to turn same. that sort of bid down I think yeah paid 250k for a player a year ago yeah but I think if we just add you know tidy money for um, Perot maybe we're not in a position where we have to sell yeah that's probably the case and um, you know we can extend his contract next year by a year for free can't we so yeah 
so that's probably that's probably playing into it as well. So we're not you know we're not really uh, held to ransom there. You left with the situation where you've only got one year left on his deal if it's next summer, but I guess you'd at least get maybe the same ten million yeah. that you're asking or just rejected for now. So maybe it's I know I was saying about this risk. last last week as well. We've got to be careful as well about selling players like you know Perot going to Leeds and then if Wood goes to Southampton, I just don't like selling a lot of players to other teams in the league. We still got to have, you know, we still got to have a realistic chance you know we still want to be competitive in that league um so you know maybe by keeping wood then um that, that makes us competitive but uh, we, you know, we'll yeah see. i mean i i the fee i was quite happy with the fee for what oh yeah so given like, us yeah. so far but i'm not saying he's a bad player by any means but like massive uh increase in value in a year yeah. so yeah. if we can keep him all the better as long you know we don't want to lose out on the money if that's what we need to reinvest. But I guess he's there to be sold next year. It's one of them, isn't it? To sell someone. It's one of them, though, isn't it? Like he's not. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad player by any stretch. It's just that ten million is either. probably yeah. But he's not. You know, I think ten million is uh, is quite generous, should we say? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Nathan Wood featured in this game. Uh, picked up a yellow for his troubles as well. But um, I was surprised to see him there. But he stayed on for the entire game. And, you know, he's put in a decent performance, to be fair. So maybe, you know, it's not, we just don't know the detail of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, we talk about our opinions on it, but at the end of the day, it's all speculation. So, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens in the next, uh, what is it, four days, five days? Yeah. So, so it'll okay. change by any watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Charlie Patino then. So obviously we mentioned Swans went 1-0 up. There was a nice bit of interplay between him and Key for the first goal, but he registered his second assist in three games um, at the same time as Ashby scoring his first goal, coming in from the right-wing back position. Very good finish, actually. Um, after a cross from Patino from the left, low finish to the bottom left of the goal. What do you make of Charlie Patino's impact then? Two assists in the three games, coming in from Arsenal, kind of hit the ground running a little bit. Um same as Yates, old rivalry stomping ground for Patino after playing for Blackpool last year. So again, an assist had a good game overall. It's a little bit of criticism I got coming his way a bit later, but we'll get to that. Um, otherwise, for his attacking contribution and contribution in midfield, definitely, definitely hit the ground running. I would say. I, I've been quite surprised with uh, Patino. I think like you get a lone player and you think you know we'll see what he's all about, but. I can see why he's valued quite highly. I think he just looks a cut above like everyone else when we're playing. Like in particular in the in the first half on uh, Saturday, he was everywhere. Like he's just absolutely everywhere in that midfield. Like he was over on the left hand side, a lovely bit of play for Key and put the ball over for the goal. Yeah. Um, I think he takes the quick free kick, which puts Fulton through as well. Or well, might have been Grimes. I can't remember. It's either Grimes or. Patino that put Fulton through when he should have squared it to Ashby, but but anyway, I yeah, I just think he looks uh, he looks the real deal. This this Patino, I you know, there's no way he's gonna be here next year. So I think it's not gonna be a question of whether we can keep him. You know, no, you always think it with a lone player, but my, yeah, I think he's I think he's only gonna get better. I've been really impressed with him. Next year, he'll probably be like promotion team or lower prem if he carries. Oh, on absolutely. I reckon. Yeah, he's going on loan again. 
I know Arteta rates him highly, so that's a great whether, bit of business. Whether he's for ready us. for first team rotation in Arsenal, I'm not sure, but that's a great bit of business for us to get him in. Um, I don't know how, like we 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 pulled that one off. Why we came to us and not, uh, you know, maybe like a, you know, like a Leeds or a Southampton or you know a team that are probably going to be looking at um, the top end of the league. But yeah, I think he's outstanding. I'm so impressed with him. Yeah. Same, I think he's uh, he's done well. There's obviously stuff for him to learn, and as I said, there's some criticism a little bit later. But uh, yeah, we're getting in the second. It's not it's not not bad criticism, constructive in it. But like you know, we also conceded two goals. So let's move on to those. Actually, no, we've got a big miss to talk about first. That and maybe the player in general's contribution. But Jay Felton, we couldn't find the replay of it. Potentially could have closed the game out with a one v or two v one against the Preston keeper and stalled a little bit, which could have potentially cost us. Um, yeah. I've been getting a bit of criticism online. so as a, That was a massive, massive chance. I mean, you've got to take those chances in this league. Like, you go in... I, I don't even know what happened to Preston. We took the quick free kick and he's gone through, um, you know, clear in space. And then Ashby's coming in, flying from the right next to him. And he's just got to pick the pass. He's literally got to find Ashby and Ashby probably scores. Um, but he just waits and waits and delays and the defender gets back and gets a foot in. But, you know, I, I think you're right because I think if we go 2-0 up there at half-time and the way we were playing, I don't, I don't I don't see Preston coming back into that game. Yeah. Um, he was part of some poor defending, I would say, as well for the second goal, Jay Felton, when he gets himself nutmegged. Yeah. Well, we yeah, conceded gets... now. The second goal, he conceded. Um, yeah. So I maybe it wasn't his best game, but you know we can't come in more, can you? But uh, what do you think of his involvement in the new system? Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. I uh, I guess you you've got like a a patino that's going to move everywhere and look for the ball, and then Grimes kind of does the same thing as well, but not maybe doesn't cover so much ground the patino does, and then Fulton. I, I guess his job is to be a bit of an enforcer, but then he was, you know, he does look to get forward sometimes, um, like he did. So I, I, I don't know really, but it's it's a bit of a strange one because where is Joe Allen going to fit in this? Because I would say that Fulton hasn't ripped up trees yet this season. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's a bit of an odd one, but I think... They're not, not, they're not bad, those three. Ollie Cooper as well, like if you want to have a little bit Yeah, more. but... Like all, I know, but like I, Ollie Cooper. I know it's only one game, but he started against West Brom, and he was he was really poor in that first half against West Brom, as most of them were, to be fair. But um, we haven't seen him since, or oh, he hasn't started since after that game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Fulton, I don't know. I didn't have his best game on Saturday, but I, you know, I fully expected to keep that midfield three going for a for a bit while longer. I did think Cooper had a good impact when he came on in this game, though. Yeah, I think, but I think that's. Probably his role. I think that's you know, if you're looking for someone to he's, bring on a bit of energy, to like attack players, like he'll turn on the ball when yeah. he receives it and try and run at someone, which maybe the others seem a little bit more sheepish about doing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, see if he can slot in. I, I'd assume he'll start against Bournemouth. So if he gets a good run out there, maybe he'll work his way back into the plans. Um, but yeah, so Felton's for defending. Basically, I mentioned that because I think both goals that we conceded were the results of quite poor defending. So, 
Harry Darling and Patino for the first goal, and it was Jay Felton and Cabang who I'm highlighting for second. And I'm sure there's more involvement, but those are the key impacts, I think, that should have been done better. I think Patino is the biggest um, issue in the first goal because he just does not get out to the man who puts the cross in. And he's he's kind of watching him do it, and he realises he's going to put the cross in, then decides he needs to go close him down, and it's far too late. And the cross is... It's good cross, to be fair. It's good for the goal scorer who can then run on and attack. But this is where Darling comes in, and he's also slow to react to the runner. And he, I don't think he should ever be getting beaten from that from that position that he starts in. He's just very slow to react, and it's it's kind of a little bit of a theme, I think, with Darling a bit of not great defending. Yeah, I think uh, defensively, right there, you know, the goal. Well. Across the, across the board, really. Some of the goals we've conceded this season has not been great. Um, that one in particular annoyed me more than the second goal because it's just like a nothing ball in the box. But there's, you know, you're, you're back in your defensive shape and he's just he's just put a bit of a hit and hope ball into yeah, the box. Yeah, but this really. is where Patino should have been on him. Like, he's literally dropped back with Key, who's mark, Key's marking his man goal side and Patino standing in front of that man and then he kind of watches this player I'm not, I'm not sure who put the cross in um, I'll find out in a second uh, let's have a look Alan Brown um, kind of watching him with the ball on the corner edge of the box just outside isn't it a little bit towards the touchline yeah. and as he only starts running at him when he goes to make the movement to put the cross in but he's got a lot of time before that to go and close him down I don't know if he doesn't know his, his man or for whatever reason, but that that cross shouldn't have come in, or at least he shouldn't have had so much time to put the cross in. And he does put it in a dangerous area. Because, I know it's a hit and hope cross, but he puts it into a dangerous area for someone to run onto it. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a bit harsh to blame him for the goal. I think he's uh, he should get out and close him, him down. Goal, but he no, no, get he, out and close he, that he should, down. Yeah, no, he should get out and close him down. But you've got to be dealing. I mean, nine times out of ten. You're happy with the team that's putting a ball in from there. Like you, you, you should be eating Arab all day because um, they can't break you down. You're happy for them to put balls in from that distance. Um, in fairness, it's a good header, but I just think it should be de- it should, should be dealt with. Like a ball coming in that yeah. far, it's just a ball coming in the box. Like that should be dealt with all day long. Um, I'm not saying, but that I, I don't know. But I don't know. Blame. No, I know, I know that, but I, I, I don't know if, if there is something in that because he took Patino off then, like three minutes after the first goal. Um, Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that fact in it because I, 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 you know, I, I agree with a lot of Swans fans. I was a bit like, I was a bit uh, confused with that sub because I don't know why he took him off because we kind of lost our goal forward a bit. I think because a lot of it was coming through Patino and I think when he took him off then at one all, um, I know he brought Cooper on for a bit of energy, but I think we kind of lost the, you know, we lost the control. We lost the control of the game and Cooper's kind of a bit further on than where Patino would be, wouldn't he? So I think we kind of just lost our foothold in the game a bit. I guess Patino's were box-to-box, isn't he? But, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, maybe he was just his fitness, because he's only come in yeah, late, isn't he? And he hasn't maybe. perhaps had a pre-season with us. Don't know what he would have been yeah. doing with Arsenal. So yeah, maybe the reason he didn't get out to block that cross is because he was a bit tired. Maybe he was showing up on the data. Yeah. And that's why he's been subbed then, because ultimately... Yeah. He can't be doing that again because he's just done it once and have resulted in a goal. As much as it might be harsh, if he does block it, then yeah. Darling doesn't have to defend it. So 
ultimately, if the expectations of Duff's style is pressing, which it is a big part of it, you have let the guy put a cross in from a position where he probably shouldn't have even had the time. Yeah, yep, that's a good point. I think um, like you took Cullen off as well, so maybe you know the the, um, the race had been run for those two. I think uh, if if they were looking tired, like you said, and they're slow to get out, maybe that's why he's reacted and uh, and take yeah. them off. So. You know, he had a big impact in the game, Patino. So it's fair if he did. Get frustrating, tired, but... so frustrating though, because I think like when that goal goes in and get goes to one all, then I think. Um, we didn't we didn't look as good going forward then. Um I'm not I, you know, I don't even think it wasn't a case of like Preston hammered us or anything, or they were the better side, I don't think so. Um I you know, we just I think we just kind of sat off a little bit then when it went to one all. I think we kind of I don't know whether the the players felt, you know, or you know, a point on the road is good. Come to one all we won't uh, push you too much, but um it just kind of, it just changed the game then. We were so we were so I think we were the better side until that, that goal went in. Yeah, and Cabango, I would say, for the second goal, just he comes for a ball that he can't make and kind of makes the hole. Uh, it's a bit of indecision. Yeah, I think it's a theme with that that back three at the moment. It's about, like I remember, like again, I go back to the West Brom game, the goals we conceded there. Um, like they all came out for the the uh, the long throw goal that went in when uh, West Brom scored the first goal. When then like that one, it always seems to be someone jumps out of the line or somebody's in the wrong position or. Somebody doesn't follow the run. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit. Uh, it's something that needs to be sorted out. Yeah, we can see so many soft goals, you know. And that's that's the that's the theme that's kind of continued in from previous seasons as well. Like we just concede nothing goals, you know. If 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 teams open you up and you think, oh god, you know, they they played so well, but I just never get that feeling anymore. It's just we just concede nothing yeah. goals. Yeah, you just think the game's fine, you're in control, but all of a sudden nothing happened, but you won all. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It happens quite often. Massive issue under Russell Martin, and I guess that's what Duff's trying to sort out as his priority. So we'll go on to the, that, that maybe topic, if you like, or question of the fan reaction then. It's been quite... Um, I want to say Twitter's been in a bit of a meltdown, I'll be honest, but is <laughs> yeah. the fan reaction an overreaction? Shock. Based on the first four games of the league. Four games, yeah, just four. Yeah, um, four games. I know there's, uh, you know, what is it, two points? Yeah, two points. Two points, yeah, so two draws. I understand that's not pretty reading, but it's two. It's four games in a new style of play with a lot of changes, a lot of ins and outs player-wise. Um, it was going to take a bit of time, in my opinion. And if this his first big challenge from what I'm seeing, from what he's trying to tackle, is shoring up the defence. And it has been successful in certain games. And then there are the moments of soft goals that we've conceded, especially here, West Brom, where obviously it's not quite right yet. It's still got work to be done. But it was a massive issue under Russell Martin for a long time. It was probably for the entire two years. So it is something that needs to be addressed. And I'm sure... Him addressing that first, he can then go on to build the attacking sort of uh, plays. And there was a little bit of it in this game, obviously. But people are saying it's a bit quiet. There's not much of it. We're not doing enough of it. I'm sure the first stage is just shoring up that defence, making us hard to beat. And then we'll go forward and work on the other start, uh, other half of his style, which is the, the forward momentum and the attacking and all that sort of stuff. I don't know what yeah, you think I, No, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, four games in, I mean... Let's just let's chill out a bit. I mean, we've got a massive 
and, and it's and it's still ongoing. I think we've had a massive overhaul in terms of players coming in and going this season. It's just you know new management, um, you know new backroom staff. You've got and Cham is gone, Pro is gone. Your two top goal scorers from last year are out the door. You've got you know two new fullbacks. We've, we've said this before, haven't we? You know two new fullbacks. You've got new players in midfield. You've got a new striker. It's, you know it's going to take a bit of time. There's elements of the way we've played in the past two years. Um, said maybe you know the soft defending and sometimes the way we're a bit slow in possession which prob- is probably not what Duff wants and um, it's just going to take time to uh, to ease out of it you've got teams there at the top of the league if you're looking at like you know Leicester's and, and the Southampton's and, and those sort of teams they've got just a you know an army of players that uh, that will get you in that will get you out of trouble you know if you don't play well they'll, they might just get you out of trouble the, you know, the chance where Fulton goes through. If you've got a Premier League player going through there, they don't miss those opportunities. Um, and then, you know, you've got your likes of Ipswich who are flying. They've got the same manager and a lot of the same players from last year. They've got that consistency, which we don't have at the moment. So you've got to give it, you know, if we're sat here, if we're sat here and we played 10 games, you know, 11 games, and, you know, we're sat on two or three points, then that's a different ball game. But let's let's give the bloke a chance. Then let's, you know, it's a different, it's going to be a different way of playing. We moaned about the defence last year. Let him come in and sort the defence out. You've got to have, you know, you've got to be able to defend in this league. If you're hard to beat, you'll finish, you'll finish higher up the table. So, I think let's just let's just calm down a bit. Let's just calm it down. Yeah, I agree. I saw a lot of people criticising Duff's comments on set plays as well. So his comments were, like I said, there's loads of conversations going on every week. It doesn't have to just be someone that can score twenty goals. We can maybe score more goals from set plays. Delivery was poor from set plays today. Uh, we never looked like scoring from set plays. And people have taken that as a case of like, oh, he just wants to score more from set plays. It's not good enough. We need to look at our open play. And I don't think that's at all what he's saying. I think he's just saying that's an area of the pitch that we haven't maximised. Yeah. Like, yeah, why, why the detailed scrutineering of a certain way he's worded something? Like, they can ask stuff in press conferences and they answer it on the spot. Sometimes something might come out slightly a different way to what you expect or want to hear. It's not like it's pre-planned sort of um, answer, is it? Like, I really don't think there's anything in that to be calling out on Twitter. And it's no, literally been plastered all over the place, the criticism of these uh, of this comment on set plays specifically, which I don't really get because... We ultimately come back into the game against West Brom last week because of set plays. So, like, why would you not want to have that as a tool? Yeah, when exactly. You're, when your plan one is not working, when you, your plan A is not working, why would you not want to be able to do that as a plan B? Exactly. Spot on. That's, yeah, and, and that's, I totally agree with you. We criticised it so much before that we've been so poor in that area. And now you're criticising the fact that he wants to address that area. I don't understand. Like, I've seen comments already about, like... Um, Oh, we should never change so much from our old style. We shouldn't when we get a new manager. Uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't change so much from previous style because uh, it takes too long to adapt to it. It's four games in, for God's sake. How long did it take Russell Martin to adapt? Actually, I looked at this the other day. He had one win in his first eight games. Exactly. And also, for reference, Vincent Company last year at Burnley won one of his first seven, and they won the exactly. league easily. I'm not saying I'm going to go and do that, but it takes time. Of course, it does. And let's let's not forget as well. Like, look at the fixtures we've had as well, right? I know, like, on paper, it might not look thing, but Birmingham haven't lost the game. We're the only time, we only decided to take points off Birmingham. They've gone on and won three in a row since we drew with them in the first game. They're going to be up there. 
Preston drew their first game of the season and now they've won three in a row. There's two well, unbeaten both teams there. points, yeah. Uh, you know, which we could... And I, I think anybody who watched that game was that they think it was harsh that we lost that game. We should have come away with at least a point, I think. And you're talking about yeah, an unbeaten side there. Yeah, um, you know, because people were saying first half we were class and then at the end of the game that we were the worst team ever. Yeah, I know. I think it was just, yeah, I, you know. And on another day, you win those games. Like I said, if you have the players to dig you out to those holes, or, you know, I think on another day, we come away with a point, and that's a good point on the road. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I just can't. The, the, the main worry that I do have, though, is that we, we do need a win on the board. You know, we need, we, we need that win. The longer it goes on, we do need that win. And then it's not the right time to have Bristol and Cardiff as the next two games. So I, the, my only concern is that I think those two games are coming too early in the season when we're still in a bit of transition, and you know what it's going to be like if we lose, if we lose to Bristol and or Cardiff, then it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be uproar. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty irrational uproar. So Birmingham are in third with ten points. Preston are in fifth with ten points, and West Brom are in seventh with seven points. Um, Coventry are in 12th with 5 so they weirdly are the ones that aren't doing so well because I was probably a little bit more impressed with them early season uh, yeah who did they drop points against Sunderland well, I mean Sunderland Leicester. in the playoffs last it's a tough league in general yeah. across the board isn't it like exactly exactly I think uh, you know West Brom picked up after us they drew away at Leeds didn't they after they beat us and uh and they, they, they hammered Middlesbrough on the weekend. I know Middlesbrough are not playing that well either, but uh, you know, I think we've 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 had a bit of a bit of a tough start now looking at how good the sides are gonna be. I think we've had a bit of a it's not you know, it's not the teams you wanna be playing, is it, when uh, you're trying to change the way you're playing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think too early to be And we've lost our two top goal scorers from last year. Yeah, that's that is something that Duff uh, brought up in the press conference saying you've lost Peru's twenty and Cham's ten. And Manning's like uh, however many assists he had, eight was it, and like a couple of goals as well, yeah. three maybe. Um, that's a lot of, lot of creativity and output to lose. Even Latibodia had a few assists and a couple of goals. It's a, last it's year. a big change. It's a massive change from like the last game of the season last year to this season. It's a big change that needs to happen, you know. And I know That's he's had a huge. full preseason. I've seen comments as well, like, oh, you know. Um, He's had a full preseason and all that. Well, it's like well, Russell Martin used to bang on about having a preseason, and then I think we only won one game in the first seven last year. After we had a preseason as well, we only won one in the first seven, one in the first eight in his first year, and one in the first seven in this year. So let's just you know. I can't remember last year too much, but it clicked after then, didn't it? And we had to run after the Cardiff. Yeah, exactly. Afterwards, yeah, it clicked. Shot up the table. Um, yeah, so but we had a horrendous start change. last year. I remember we lost 3-0 at home to Blackburn and then Luton beat us at home as well and uh, we had that disaster Millwall game in the middle um, where they scored like yeah. the two in injury time and yeah. And yeah but there we go. Oh, I do think sorry all I was going to say was I think like we, we, we're probably guilty of it ourselves but we need to like we do really need to move on from Russell Martin I think no just, just, just forget, just forget him now, and he's just done. I think like some people's obsession with him is just going to ruin this club because they're always going to compare him, and it's not going to be the same. It's two different managers, two different styles, and it's just going to ruin this club if we keep comparing him to uh, 
to Russell Martin, so I think it's just time to ban talking about him. I've got one more thing to after mention this. about him later. <laughs> yeah, after this. But, well, yeah, let's move That's on. That's his fault, though. That is his fault. I think he's bitter, whatever you are. Yeah. Um, that's that's this last week on the pitch. Let's have a look at next week on the pitch then. So starting tomorrow, which is the 29th of August. I forget what month we're in. Obviously, a couple more days left the transfer window. But anyway, half past seven tomorrow night. You might be down the Swansea.com stadium to watch Bournemouth arrive in the Carabao Cup. So... How much change are we going to see? He played quite a strong team against Northampton, so I don't think he's going to change it that much. I think he I, wants I, I, to get I, I, rhythm, I, doesn't he? He wants to get like a momentum. Yeah, I think I think we need it as well. I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to just uh, kind of have a bit of consistency, especially in some areas. I think probably like defensively, like he didn't change the goalkeeper for the cup last time, did he? Um, which normally you see. Um, so he hasn't done that. He didn't do that last time, so I don't think he will. Um, he may bring in like you know. Joe Allen might come in and play again and um, Co- Ollie Cooper might start again but other than that I don't think he's going to make wholesale changes I'd like to see a change up top just to try either Ginelli if he's fit because he was ill for this game he wasn't uh, yeah. injured, he was ill yeah. um, or MK <laughs> we, should, we should mention that actually because I thought when he came on he, uh, he offered something different I, I know like he didn't do a great deal and he, he wiped someone out and on another day might have been a red card. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I liked it. I think he offered something different. He nearly, you know, he brought that ball down on his chest and hit it over with his left foot. But like, a lovely first touch. Oh, lovely yeah. first touch. So I think, um, you know, and Janelli played well when he came on against West Brom. It's just, and he said he's not fit and he's ill and he's still working all these players in. There's a long way to go. So, you know, it was only a couple of weeks back. We were all saying, like, how good the squad looked. Um, you know, we looked like we had a lot of strength in depth. I know, like, Peru has gone since then. But, you know, let's just uh, let's just let's, let's see see what we got. Let's get these players. Uh, like, I think you're right, though. Let's get some of these players a run out. I'd like yeah. to see uh, maybe uh, Kuharovic have a, have, a, have a start. Yeah, Kuharovic for me. I think maybe Norton will come into defence. And I think, yeah, you said Cooper's in you. Abdullah, maybe he comes on, I'd imagine. Depends yeah, on how many changes you want to make, doesn't it? So, I think Wood yeah. gets rested in this game for Norton. Rested. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first, it's the only game before the transfer window ends, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be the best thing that's going to happen to us is shut that transfer window, and then you know we can get uh, we can get down to business then. Yeah, and we can just crack on, get our heads down, see where it goes. So that's Bournemouth anyway. We're not going to talk too much about match previews here. I'm going to try and get one recorded this evening with Cherry's Red Army. So check that out if it goes live tonight. I, will, I don't know which video will go live first. So it might already be up. You might already seen it. Uh, the podcast <laughs> might not go out until tomorrow morning or something. So, well, whenever you're watching this, you might already have seen or you might not have, but there'll be a match preview up for the Bournemouth game on YouTube. So after that, We've got Bristol City, half past 12 on Saturday, at home again. Half past 12, not a fan? Not really. Uh, I, 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 don't like, I, I don't like an early kick-off. I think, uh, interesting enough, I was listening to uh, like Peter Crouch's podcast and stuff, and a lot of players hate the early kick-off because they, uh, they're eating like, chicken and pasta at like, that was ten in the morning, and they, um, 
But anyway, that, that I, I'm going off topic there. But I, I, I don't particularly like a half twelve kickoff. Three o'clock Saturday is where it's at. Yeah, is it on? Is this one on telly? No, it's not on telly. Just, just for the police in. Yeah, it's just because there's always a bit of fuss in there with Bristol. Be bubble soon. It will be a bubble. It's doing my head in. I'm, I'm, I like, I, I usually go to Bristol. Been Bristol last like three or four years. Twice last year because we had them in the cup, didn't we? And I, I, I don't think I'm going to go this year. It's just too. It's just ridiculous. Just see policemen chasing people in the park, hitting them with their little batons. <laughs> yeah, we heard that, that crack on cracked him on the back of the neck, didn't he? He was out of a crack. Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know if anyone else would agree, but I find that like it's probably the same because when you go away, it's you know it's a bit more of an atmosphere in it when you're in an away end. But I find that Bristol City is big when you go away, but when they come down here, I don't really feel like it's a you know like a big. I don't get a derby like atmosphere for it when like they come. They make it a thing outside the stadium up there, but down here we're just not bothered. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. Like I never sort of thought like. Ooh, you know when you know like when you play like Cardiff or home, for example, as soon as you walk in the stadium, you're like, Oh, it's Derby atmosphere, you know. Or even if like you know, like um I don't know, let's say like when the leads come down and they bring you know, they pack up the away end and uh, the atmosphere is massive, you can feel it, but I don't know, I never really felt it with the Bristol City game. So you are you just saying the Bristol fans are oh. <laughs> No, no, no. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> Starting something now. No comment. <laughs> Um, any changes from this team that played on the weekend for Bristol? I mean, it's hard to say after without seeing the Bournemouth game. It might have an impact. However, I, know, I I will say though, if we uh, if we don't win the game, I think it's uh, it's um, going to be uh, you know highlighted a bit more because it's uh, so some people might see it as a as a bit of a derby. Yeah. Uh, changes wise, over this game, I I don't know to be honest. Um, I, I don't I don't see him making any changes to be honest from the side that played against because I like like I said I think they play well I think on another day they win that game so um, I'd say more of the same of that um, if they if they can replicate that first half performance then I think depends they'll win on, they win more games depending on how transfer deadline goes I guess yeah yeah let's not uh, let's not jinx ourselves too much but again I guess touch wood I guess the only thing that may happen between now and then is wood. Um, and we also Touch may wood. have some come in. Happen is wood. Yeah, but you know we may, we may, we may have one or two more in as well. So there's a couple of links. We'll go for them a bit later. I probably haven't got them all. There's been loads of names chucked around in the oh, last God, day or two, yeah. from what I've seen. Don't it's know which ones are legit or not. I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes. I'll go over a couple of them. I seem quite interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll get there in a sec. With uh, I'm just wondering, is that second striker position that Callan occupied? Maybe up for grabs if somebody can perform tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I think if someone like, um, you know, like we said, if Kukarovic comes in or Janelli comes in and uh, plays very well, I think yeah, they could they could put a hand up because I think that's probably quite an open position at the moment, isn't it? Like nobody's um, nailed on there at the moment. I guess you know Yates having scored a couple of goals and DNR, so I guess you could sort of say Almaki signed in this season. I guess he will. Uh, you know, he'll be up yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I think the the other, you know, the Peru replacement, I guess, is uh, is up for grabs. So, you know, oh well, Ollie Cooper played well against Northampton, and he didn't start against West Brom on the Saturday. Then, so um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if somebody if somebody puts in a good shift again on uh, Tuesday, then they could uh, they could go in there. 
Jamie Patterson came on against Preston for Cullen. Did he slightly tweak it so that he was dropping off off Cullen, or did he go up there? Yeah, he can't, yeah, no, he can't, he kind of um, kind of was so a little two bit behind deeper. the one rather than one behind yeah. the two. Yeah, but he's kind of he's kind of been doing that anyway, isn't he? When when Perot was there, it looked more like a like Perot and someone else behind Yates, wasn't it? Rather than two up top. But you know, sometimes we see him go two up top. That's quite fluid. So. Yeah, but Patterson, first touch of the game, he nearly scored a belt, didn't he? Come off. Uh, he had like a volley, like a half, on the half volley. Yeah. Still circling around him and whether he's going to be here next week as well. So that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, that's another one. He could be could be gone by the time we play Bristol City. It's, uh, if we let him go, though, do we need another creative player in the middle there? Yeah, we do. How many are we going to bring in, realistically? Like we've got, We need a few. So let's move on to the news and rumours. So... What do we need? Like a striker, potentially a centre, well, a centre back, and then potentially two, and a left back. That's certain. We need four. Well, that's what he wants. Yeah, it's a lot, though. Yeah. It's a lot to get done so between if, now if and you're gonna Tuesday. So if you're going to let Patterson go, do you need another creative player, which is five? And then we'll go on to it, but Bender apparently is imminently going to move to Fulham. I'm not sure yeah. they will bring in a keeper in, though. No, I don't think so. Not with um, not with Rushworth and Fisher there. I think they'll. Um, they, they won't replace him. Interesting move, but I think Bender's only got one year left on his deal, hasn't he? And he's not signing, by all accounts. So, one million. Apparently undergoing a medical, unconfirmed, but it is out there, doing the, Do the think, rounds. Do you think that's a bit of an odd signing? I, like, that that's that's surprised me. That surprised me, though. Like, I don't know, that's a bit... Uh, you know, I don't know, it's a bit of a strange one. But I think sometimes these... Premier League teams, they not that they not that they expect to get relegated, but they they kind of put themselves in a position like if they go down, they could bounce straight back up. So you've got kind of a, you know you've got a championship made goalkeeper there if you do come down. I I don't know if that's the thinking, but I just, it's an odd signing for me. Yeah, he's not going to get the first team football that he would have potentially got here. I know I like I, Duff I, stands on his. Where where is he in the pecking order now? It's hard to say under Duff with him, you know. Yeah, injured, but maybe but... maybe that was um, maybe that was what the you know the Rushworth sign-in was. Maybe he was you know maybe they were expecting that Bender could go and he was the. He's been checked to go to Fulham for a few weeks, I think. So maybe. Yeah, it's a funny one. That's a funny He's one. Been but, injured, uh, so... You know. It's not. But it's not. I I thought he was all right. You know, when he when he had that run in the team. Um, you know, after Fisher came in and was back out, he done all right, Bender. But you know, one year left on his deal, coming back off a of a of a you know a pretty serious injury. Um, maybe it's a good time to uh, to sell him on with you know with a with a million, yeah, million pound bid. Maybe it's just a good bit of business to take that. Wondering if it's late in the window as well to give the medical the most chance to go well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably could be right. Because, like I said, it's been floating for a while. Um, another con- confirmation, Joel Cotterill has left on loan to Stockport County. So good luck, Joel Cotterill. Some good first-team action, hopefully, will come his way. Yeah. Uh, he... I know he's made a couple of off-the-bench appearances. A handful uh, in the last year or two. So it'd be interesting to see if he can... What he, what he looks like, I guess, in first-team football. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm always happy for players. I guess quite on loan if they're not getting game time. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen it with um, Josh Thomas, didn't we? 
he scored recently, hasn't he? So he's yeah. doing all right. Good. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously the big news, which we mainly discussed on the last podcast, was Joel Perot has gone to Leeds. Twelve million, with potentially sixteen if you include the add-ons, which I don't know what they're for. I'd imagine some with Lintail promotion yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maybe goals and appearances, all that sort of stuff. Probably a couple of different ones. Uh, but if it's 12, I guess you're not happy. If it's 16, a bit better. Yeah, I think, you know, it's not, um, it's not a bad price, really. I think we were all kind of hoping it would be more towards the 20 million mark. But that's uh, probably about right, isn't it? If it goes up to 16 million, I think that's probably, well, I think we'll probably accept that. Yeah, and the big name on on the radar to replace him has been Kinian Davis from Aston Villa. Yeah, I have seen that one floating around. That's um, yeah, what accounts that's for, for a medical. But I've just oh, that close, quiet. Yeah, right, yesterday okay. that was, um, but I haven't seen nothing since. So, oh, yeah. he's He'd agreed to deal with Hull, hadn't he? And he was, they was talking yeah, about personal yeah. terms. Sorry, Hull had agreed. Hull had agreed if he for him and it was personal terms that was maybe stalling out um, by all accounts there's a lot of competition for Hal and he was only told about being a rotation option there not because of necessarily his ability but I think that's what the manager wants all the strikers to be on the toes up there uh, from yeah. what I was speaking to a Hal source so if we've then come in late to hijack the deal I think 3 million was the fee that was getting touted but again nothing's confirmed so that can all change not my opinion, it's just not guaranteed news. Um, it depends. I guess he's like choosing first team football more of a guarantee. If he's coming in as a Joe, Repro- Joe Perot replacement, I'd imagine Duff is probably saying to him, you're going to be the main man. We have got competition here, haven't we? So I don't know what assurances Duff's going to give or, or the club's going to give. Yeah, it was difficult, isn't it? Where you've got the pro goes, you'd imagine he's going to be the guy. You know, yeah, it's difficult though. You've got Kuharovic, Cullen, um, and Ginelli. Um, that's yeah, it's just, it's a bit of a difficult one. Like how, yeah, like where where is he going to rank in that team if he comes in? So uh, we can see. You know, I you know I can't see. You know, someone like Cullen, for example, I can't see him wanting to be this rotational bench player all the time you know so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see million. he's probably been signed to start it depends if 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 Duff wants to try and use for a back system more often because you could fit Janelli in on the wing then and Cullen yeah. probably yeah do you think um, do you think like if if Wood does go then that kind of forces the hand for us to go to a back four Depends if they get people in, doesn't it? So there's a couple of yeah, it depends. There. Oh, yeah, so much business they'd have to get done though for the last like four days. If it could talking. be an exciting one to actually stay up for as one's fans. Could actually be one for us. Yeah, we thought we've had a lot of business already, haven't we? So can't wait for Wilfred Boney putting a shirt on, singing a song after eleven o'clock in the night. <laughs> one more year, <laughs> Marvin Emnes. <laughs> Bring them all back. Gomez is still doing the rounds, isn't he? Yeah, get them all in. Get the band back together. I don't know. Well, let's just get Schechter. He's probably still around somewhere. Yeah, he's around. Let's just let's, let's have him. He might actually do something in the championship. Might. <laughs> I wonder where he is now. He did score against Wigan, to be fair. Yeah, screamer. He scored a goal. Vasquez <laughs> didn't score a goal. Uh, he scored. He scored against 
Valencia on disallowed, it, it was disallowed. It? But it was never yeah. offside. No. It could have changed it all. Could have. Where is he now? He's still playing as well. Oh, God, I don't know where he is. Yeah, God knows. Um, what other dodgy ones are there? And Gog, is he still knocking about? Darren <laughs> <laughs> Gog, yeah. God, I mean, yeah. we signed sign some dribble, haven't we? <laughs> God. Uh, you mentioned Poloski last week. Uh, there's a Schechter's uh, playing in Israel. Yeah, well, he's from Israel, isn't he? He's 36. Could do a job. Get him back in. Last okay. season, he scored two goals. Did he? Yeah. One more than he scored at the Swans then. Improve it. <laughs> yeah. 18 games, two goals. His goal against Wigan was horrendous as well. <laughs> it was a def- like a big deflection, wasn't it? It was, just a, it was like literally a daisy like cutter crap. I don't know how it went in, it's and easy. it was like, and then you see you scored in. You were like, if he was going to get a goal, that's literally the only way he was ever going to happen. He's, but, a, he's a cult hero, no? yeah. Uh, okay, so Bristol City's Zach Viner has been linked with a move to Swansea. He's only got a one year, uh, one year left on his contract currently at Bristol. He won their Player of the Season last year, quite highly rated and thought of down there, down there, should I say across the bridge. Yeah. Perhaps not a most popular signing if we make that happen from Bristol's perspective, but that could be a good one. Probably going to be a bit of a fee involved. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm quite surprised at that. If he's, uh, you know, if he won their Player of the Year last year, I'm quite surprised they're going to let him um, let him come. But we had Corey Smith on them as well, didn't he? By all accounts, he was. So they're probably learning the mistakes. We had Patterson as well. Yeah, and I think and like, Liam Walsh. Yeah, I think Corey Smith was rated quite highly with them when we signed him as well. Um, but didn't we have him on a free and he ran his contract down and then... Uh, yeah, the three of them. And then we had a, yeah, that's what I mean. So, um, similar thing happening there. But I guess they're going to get money for him if we go for him now rather than next year. So maybe they're learning yeah. from their mistakes. Yeah. Although perhaps tie him up earlier, isn't it? But so we can't say anything after Peru. Uh, Christian Pedersen from FC Cologne. Used to play for Birmingham, has got championship experience, left back. Yeah, definitely something that we need. You know, we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago when that, uh, I forget his name now, the guy that we were going for that actually went to Birmingham, they were linked around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a good signing. Uh, they signed Buchanan, the name. Yeah, Buchanan, that's it, Buchanan. So Buchanan went to Birmingham, but he was in the mix. Pedersen was being touted as a potential player for us then he's not really featured so much for them this season I don't think he's made a league appearance so maybe looking for a move so we'll see if that comes to fruition I know Duff's spoken about a first choice left back being brought in still um, Choa on obviously has been brought in as a probably not so much, he might get forced into that position of being number one if he does well you know, no one's ever going to look back but he's still a youth player really coming in young, not that experienced. So I think he just wants a little bit more experience and somebody that's going to probably start and then show on can learn and maybe give him some competition. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So there's a couple of more names touted. I haven't got them all down, but I'm sure if you do a little bit of a search uh, online, you'll oh, find a bunch of names being linked. It's just hard to tell which ones are actually legit. And t- to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if half these done happen and there's a bunch of names that we're not even aware of because... They've been quite good at keeping it under the radar. Yeah. 
is it, is it Watson, the, 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 the chief at the moment? And he, he came from Luton, didn't he? He's doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, like, you know, it's been a good window for us so far in terms of the, the business we've done. Um, so let's see what he can let's see what he can do in the in the last couple of days. If he can get some uh, tidy deals over the over the line, then uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I I think like if we can get some of these players in, you know, and 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 if fans are willing to give Duff a bit of uh, a bit of slack and give him a bit of time, then I think you know we could be you know we could we could have a good season. We could be hard to beat and have a good season. So yeah, let's wait and see. I've seen Bidwell might be on the move as well. Yeah, I noticed not you not to were us. Players, but no, no. But, uh, maybe could have been some in. You know, I think he'd suit the system. To be fair, we need a left back. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't want to see him back now. No. Nah, nah, that's done. No? That's done. Nah, done. close that chapter. Done. No. Okay, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, two up, two down. Then, so I'll start with the first one. Well, I'll, I'll just tell them all, and we can talk about them. So we got yeah, two go up. Perot. Sorry to mention it, guys. I know it probably isn't what everyone wants to hear, but Perot scoring on his Leeds debut and that game in general was a bit nuts. Yeah, quite a game, that is. I think, like, Ipswich has started so well, didn't they? And then to play Leeds, I think, what a good game. That was a proper championship game, that. Um, Scores first Yeah, Perot scoring hit. Am I right in saying Leeds had an entirely new front four and they all scored? Maybe, yeah. Sure, to be honest, but uh, I know Rodan's got no goal, he? yeah, right at the start, yeah. So they had so Leeds had well, I didn't really play a front four, I guess if you include their wingers, so Gnotto, Rutter, oh, yeah, Rutter, Joe Perot, and Sinistera. I think they're all new sign ins, they all scored, Bloody hell. yeah, it's not bad front four, is it? Maybe they're going to turn it on now. They've had a bit of a ropey start, but yeah. Trying to see if Pro got an assist, but I think he did. So yeah, good, good. I'm surprised he went straight in, to be honest. Yeah, he only signed him on Thursday, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Instant impact. Instant impact. He's going to get. He's going to get. He's going to get a few goals, isn't he? This year. Yeah. Um, Birmingham, generally Birmingham having a really good start to the season up in third place 10 points plus four goal difference three wins and one draw uh, I think I mentioned in our predictions video for the championship season that I said to you that everyone wanted to put them at the bottom and I was like I think they're going to be alright this year and you were all like nah they, it's Birmingham the crap uh, so, no comment this, I can't remember the, saying that Birmingham were crap to be honest but, uh... maybe it wasn't in those words but I'm sure you, <laughs> none of you wanted to buy what I was telling you about them no, I we we said they got a bit of money now, haven't they? Bloody Tom Brady's coming. Really well, good summer. In terms I, of the Ethan, club. Ethan Laird is ripping it up as well. Like I've he's seen, injured. He's injured. He's injured. He? Yeah, he got injured. Oh never! Oh, I've I've seen so many things around on like Twitter and stuff about like how well he's been playing. Um, yeah, he was he was tearing it up, and I think they were gutted, but he got injured. Oh god, yeah, because he was like he's been brilliant. He, like he's been brilliant in those Swiss couple of games. Could we not have got him back? I'd, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because I don't know the circumstances about why he left, really, other than Man. Yeah, he's still on. Yeah. And then he went to Bournemouth and didn't really play. And I don't know, if he had a good time here, you'd think he'd want to come back. But maybe he didn't love his life and maybe he wanted to go back and go to Bournemouth. 
He seemed like he was enjoying it, yeah. Like I know why. You know, we can never really tell, can we? But like I remember he played against Cardiff and he, and he was like loving life for the fans and Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was an odd one. But yeah, he's like I think that was a great signing for Birmingham. I don't know. Yeah. Is it bad injury? Is he out for long or? I'm not sure how, how long he's out for, but he wasn't in the squad for the Plymouth game. Uh, fair enough. But that's that's gonna be a big loss for them. But still they they are tearing it up, aren't they? Like I said, they like we're the only tight thick points of them so far, so Yeah, good I mean puts that into perspective a little bit, I guess. And it shows again that yeah, we he has made us hard to beat. Even the two losses have only been by one goal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the two up and then two down. What is going on in Middlesbrough? Oh, I, I have no idea. I know they've lost it. I know they've lost their goal scorers, but bloody hell, like they were, you know, a playoff team to to this. This is this quite a fall, isn't it? So Akbom has gone to Ajax for twelve million. Yeah. And who's the biggest one? Cameron Archer. Cameron Archer, yeah. Yeah. Just lost his, lo- his loan ended. He's gone somewhere now, though, isn't he? Yeah, Sheffield he's so. Oh, yeah, that's right. So obviously he had a good season championship, but he's now playing for a team in a Prem on loan. I think I've actually lost quite a few players, though. Like Aaron Ramsey was also on loan from. Villa, Alex Mowat was on loan from West Brom last year. Ryan Giles, probably another big one. Yeah. He's gone, obviously, back to Wolves. Yeah. Zach Stefan, they had him on loan from Man City. So, a bit of change there. And clearly he's not currently working for them. Yeah, but, you know, it's the same again, isn't it? When you change, you have a big turnover. Um but I'd expect them to be a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more where they're keeping the same manager, you know, from last year. You'd think they'd still be a bit, uh, you know, they'd be a bit of a force, but, you know. This happened to them last season, though, where they had a really bad start, and that's why he got brought in, and then they surged up the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but was that, was that a new, got... yeah, was that a new manager bounce? Um, was that a bit of a new manager bounce, or was it, uh, you know, because people were talking about him going to West Ham, weren't they? At one point, Carrick. Yeah. Because he was doing that well, so... No, I, I I, mean... I think, like, Middlesbrough, so they, last season, were... Game week 12, and they were in 21st position. So, and, and after that, then, they have a the trajectory is just constantly up until they kind of plateaued at about third or fourth. Third, I think it is. By game week 23, so was that 12, 11 matches? And yeah. he kind of stayed there then in the playoffs the rest of the year. So I don't know if that's a new manager bounce. He obviously sorted it out. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like with Zach Pom, was banging the goals in as well, wasn't he? Yeah, but it's his first, it's only his first proper season of being consistently good as well, Ak Pom. Yeah. People were saying they're surprised that Ajax have paid that fee for him. Obviously, worked in the system under Carrick and can you repeat it elsewhere? We'll have to wait and see. You know, and again, that puts it to perspective because we're no different than any other, you know, championship club really. Like we were lucky to have Perot for two seasons, really. Palm had one good season, he's gone. Cockeres only really had one good season with Coventry and he's gone abroad. So um you know, you know, Perot was always gonna go at some point. So it's just the just the nature of the business and the nature of being in the championship. Yeah, indeed. So Middlesbrough actually um, 
lost to West Brom 4-2 at the weekend. They've drawn with Huddersfield, lost to Coventry and lost to Millwall. So that's their start of the season. So see see if they can pick it up. I think if they keep getting the losses, um, Carrick might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Huddersfield, are they, uh, are they dead certs to go down at this point, do you think? Well, the way they're playing, yeah. I think, like you said, their only point it's come against Middlesbrough um, but it's still like I know like again they're only like a point difference to us but um, it's the nature of the defeats like they lost 4-0 at home on Saturday 3-1 to Plymouth 3-1 to Plymouth you know they're not uh, yeah. I didn't, they went out in the cup as well didn't they they lost I think in the cup um, weirdly you could say like the best result is a 1-0 home defeat to Leicester because <laughs> yeah. if you look on paper you think Leicester and you know other end of the table that's like probably a good good performance but to follow that up in your next home game with a 4-0 defeat to Norwich then yeah it's looking uh, that's, that's looking bleak you know, we lose 4-0 home and Chevy Wednesday still without a point as well those two don't they yeah I mean they've been struggling for a few years I think they had that one season where they, they did it right and then they went back down yeah they've been flirting with it for a bit haven't they I just feel down there let's hope that we are not also flirting with it with them but it's not looking yeah. great for them at the moment. Um, okay, let's move on to the last section and we look at some questions. We've had another couple. Uh, Joey, again, back with some questions this week. So we've got, first of all, Russell Martin's comments in the Swansea versus South... Not Swansea versus Southampton. Russell Martin's comments on Swansea in the Southampton press conference. Um, he was asked a question about... I don't actually know what the question is. Can you hear it very well? But it's about something to do with Southampton and signings and transfers and the window in general and his response was basically saying well we're not Swansea we actually sign players at Southampton yep. that's what he said yep what do you make of those comments well I well for a start I just think it's, it's needless um, to, to, to take that dig because it is a dig um, yeah a needless dig for me and uh I, and, and we said this last year. I don't know. I don't know what the bloke is on about because um, I know when everybody was like, "Oh, back him! You've got to back him! You've got to back him!" He had plenty of back in you. He had enough back in for me. So I was looking at it. And I was think, trying to think in my head about the players that um, that he was, um, you know, that have signed in his two years that he was here. Okay, the last window in the January didn't go the way we wanted, but the three windows. Before that, you had like Perot came in, Obafemi came in, and Cham came in, um, Darling and Fisher came in, which were his signings. Patterson. He brought in Patterson, he brought in Downs. like Downs, yeah, look, all these players he brought in. Wood. Wood. Yeah, Wood. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot. Joe Allen, Allen came Lunds. in. You had Wolf, you had Christie. There's a lot of players, to be fair. Um, Soranola. Which he wanted, yeah. So I, I, to be honest, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand it last year when people said um, he needs to be back because I thought he was, I thought he was sufficiently back, um, and that's why I throw back at him. Yeah. Um, I know the, I know the window in January was frustrating, um, but that says to me he's still not over it. I think, and it showed in the games after that when we went on a massive losing run, or we were in the middle of a massive losing run. We didn't win in like twenty-three games or whatever it was, um, and he just threw his toys at the pram. 
we could see that, and we've got onto the players onto the pitch, and it seems like he's still got that uh, chip on his shoulder. Maybe they didn't. Maybe yeah. the, maybe the board didn't want to back him because we've seemed to sign a lot. You know, we seem to be signing, you know, some players this year, and we've we've been linked with uh, with plenty. So maybe they didn't want to back him, saying, "Oh, we sign players here." Coming from the bloke that wanted Andy Fisher. I think it's got frosty behind the scenes and him making these comments makes me think that even more and maybe makes you think maybe, yeah, they didn't want to back him because of that frostiness behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Ultimately, we mentioned this before, if he didn't throw his toys at the pram after January, probably could have been on for playoffs quite easily. Two wins yeah. out of that massive, really bad run is not asking that much. Um, and secondly, the whole backing thing, he just wasn't backed in January. That's one out of four windows, as you mentioned. I don't think you can base that on his full tenure here. Like, also, somebody pointed out on Twitter earlier, Swansea have made more permanent signings in this summer transfer window than Southampton have at this point. There we go. But doesn't but doesn't that say a lot as well, though, about what we're saying about like not wanting to back him? The fact yeah. that we signed a lot of permanents this year. Um, but we have had a lot of change in the boardroom. How do you know they want a conversation in January? Like all this stuff's up coming, that we can't really spend much in January because there's a lot of change. Yeah, maybe. There's guys coming in, board level, chairman level, money, you know, to buy shares, whatever. So we can't, we can't do it. We can't do that much. Um, you don't know what conversations with him, how much he knew about what was going on, and maybe he was told, you know, do your best this season. We're going to have some money in the summer. But yeah. he's, uh, uh, yeah. And, and and as for them selling Obafemi and not replacing him, did anyone actually want Obafemi to stay and then get reintegrated the second time that he, no. you know, kind of down tools? So in terms of the club not replacing him, they weren't really in a position to not sell him to then, like, if they if they couldn't replace him, then it wasn't their fault that he left, is what I'm saying. And they tried recalling Morgan Whitaker, so I guess... And Russell Martin decided not to use Morgan Whitaker, really, didn't he? Let's be honest. He decided not to use him. So yeah. you don't know what conversations happened. I'm not trying to defend the club, right? I'm just saying you don't know what conversations happened. And based on the summer and what they're doing in the summer, I feel like what I've just said is quite plausible, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And let's not forget, and like when I'm just having a look now, when that window shut in January. Um, we were actually on a run of only two wins in twelve when that window shut. So yeah, you know was and then it was even worse after that because he, you know, like I said, he threw his toys at the pram. We lost to Birmingham, who were really struggling at the time when they scored like two goals in injury time, and then we got battered away at Sheffield when uh, Sheffield United, sorry, and that was the one where he threw his toys at the pram when he came out in the press comments after and was like, oh, oh well, they can sign players, they can sign all these players and. It's like, yeah, all right then. Um, and I, I, te- I tell you what as well, we, we played Blackpool that midweek when Blackpool were obviously struggling and when we were on a massive downturn and they like should have beaten us. They had so many chances, Blackpool did, but we won 2-1. And I wouldn't have been surprised if his if his head was on the board after if we lost that game against Blackpool. I think because he, he, he said later in the season when we turned around a bit, didn't he, that like... He did admit his head dropped a bit because of it and as he, he finally got over it and the results started coming. Yeah. I think what's happened here with these comments, going back to the initial question, is he realised he probably was nearly out of job 
And it probably didn't look good for him at that point in time on his CV, the way that he would have lost the job. It's all been a good saying about the backing, but his paper results, the results on paper, did not make for good reading for the next taker of him as a manager at the time, if he was let go, if he was sacked. He did manage to turn it around, to his credit, and maybe in his head he realised, yeah, I shouldn't have reacted that way, I should have got on with it, and you know, maybe we could have been in a different position now with like playoffs or whatever. But then Southampton had come in, and he thinks, ah, oh, I've actually been, managed to jump ship here to a bigger club, to like more money, to I can spend now. And now I think he's just giving it a big one, throwing out his bitterness, yeah. and yeah. just being a bit smug when it's not really called for. He could have yeah, been literally, he could have been sacked in that run, and he would not be where he is now if he was sacked. So, no, and I'm not... I'm more than happy to be that petty now. That uh, like a comment, like ah, oh, it's just so needless, like stuff it now. Yeah, and and to be fair, right, he would have known the remit when he came to Swansea about the money situation, and we, I know he yeah, did. He said it himself because he said it himself at the start, and how he was going to have to use youth and develop youth and bring youth in, and he was excited to do it. Yeah, and I think like like we said, this is probably the last I'll, I'll speak of it now until we play them, and I'll be desperate to beat them. But uh, I just, I it's just so needless. It's easy now when you know they, they they've won the first couple of games and he's got an absolute war chest to play with, and you've got Premier League quality players in your squad. Um, it's easy then to sit on your on your high horse and make comments like that. Um, you know, we took a punt on him when he was, you know, in League One. Uh, so you know. It's a bit disrespectful, really, to the to the club. Yeah, I know it's not really a dig of the fans, but it's a bit disrespectful towards the club. But um, yeah, you can, you can stuff it now. I and remember when Steve a... Cooper gave him a clinic as well at Christmas time when Forrest came down here, when everyone thought he was a good manager, and Steve Cooper absolutely schooled him yeah. twice because I think he beat him like four one at home down down here, wasn't it? And then we lost like five nil away. Yeah, that was horrendous. Cooper. Wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. The game of Christie had a mare. Yeah, absolutely schooled him twice. So uh, there we go. That's how I feel yeah, about it. Yeah, that's when Congreve like got ruined as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Five, yeah, five one. There was five one. They beat us, and four one. Uh, yeah, no, I just it's uncalled for. And yeah, he's in a, he's in a privileged position. That's something in this league. But yet somehow, like our fans, like still to this day, like are obsessed with him. It's just bitterness, and I don't think it's necessary. Like he's in a privileged position at Southampton, where yeah. out of all the clubs that have been relegated in the last five, ten years from Premier League, I don't think I've ever seen the the players that are one of the relegated clubs are selling go for significantly as much money as Southampton have been receiving. Oh, I know. It's just they've had ridiculous money come in. They've had but so much not- money come in. It's nuts. It makes you think if that's the value of all these players that are going, why did they even end up in that position in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. But um there we go. I think like like we said, we gotta move on from him now. Um Yeah. I no love loss for me now, that's it. The last question, and I know we push in, but this is a good topic as well. When is investment good? And more specifically in the case of loans versus transfers. So I guess making the investment of a loan player versus making the investment of a permanent transfer. Um, I, I like. I think there's a time and a place for both. I think we've had a good balance this season, personally, because yeah, sure. the way I see it is you always want to build your team going forward for the future, and by doing permanent transfers is how you do that. Obviously, you want to buy perhaps young potential um, 
and hopefully it can sell on for a, for a big fee in in years to come or whatever you've got downs peru wood potentially now is, is examples of that in recent history but you obviously only got a limited transfer kitty and that also includes the player wages and you can't bring them all in permanently and sort of get the numbers that you might need to be competitive and that's where you've got to then get the balance of bringing in the loans to fill in them gaps even if it's like a starting position because yeah. you just you're kind of using the loans to make sure you're competitive for the season. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think like most clubs probably have like like a long list of players that they're looking at in general, probably over like a two or three season span. Um, so it's probably always, even if managers change, they've probably got like players on their radar. I know a manager will come in and maybe want different players. They might have different opportunities. But I think generally like your sort of scouting network, you've got... Yeah like an idea of players that you want now whether or not you can bring them in you know all the time it's it's not going to happen so i think you've like you've hit on the head there where if a player that you've been looking at for a while comes up and he's available and the price is right and you go for it and it's a good investment like i think like josh key for example because i think he's been linked with us for a while isn't he i think i've seen his name a couple of times even when russell martin was here so i think the time was right to bring him in and then like you said we need to be competitive this season so we've brought in ashby on loan as well to plug the gap for this year and then also we've got um, Choa on, who we've signed as a permanent, who can uh, who can come up as a youngster. So I think like we've got we've got it right. I think you're right. I think we've got a good balance this year. And then you know if you have a player like Patino that becomes available for a season, then I think you want to take the opportunity, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of the other questions we were asked we've already discussed. Uh, I know I've seen some coming on our Twitter while we're live right now, but we've touched on a lot of these topics. So. Uh, Nathan Wood in general, the potential centre-back options. Uh, do we need to bring in a striker? I think we both agree potentially, probably yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think so, yeah. The Davis mess, and I'm assuming that's the whole situation with Hull and, um, you know, he's coming here. I'm not sure, like, he doesn't seem to have signed yet. By all comes, he's coming for a medical. I'm not, I haven't seen any substantial information about him. Maybe I've missed something. But have you seen anything with anything of him? No, I haven't. He's not coming yet as he's, so maybe that's not happening now. We'll see. And players who have shown interest in covered a couple of those. Fans have to give tough time, though, is the last comment here from oh, Tristan hi. on Twitter. So Tristan Bendin. So thanks for the contribution there. But yeah, we very much agree. And I think we touched on that at the beginning when we looked at the match, that it is definitely early to be panicking in the fan base. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, I think it's the last time I'm going to touch on this is I think, like, some people, their obsession with Russell Martin is going to kill this club because, uh, like, whatever Duff it will do won't be good enough now because he doesn't have 100% possession and, you know, he doesn't say the right things in the media to make himself look good. Um, yeah. Just give the man time. And again, like, I think we do, again, we need to peel away from this. We have to play one way. The game is moving on. We've got to find different ways to play. Like you said, if we can if we can utilize scoring more goals and set pieces, and why not? Like let's just let's just see what he's got. Indeed. So let's call it on that then. It's been a little bit long. I'm gonna go head off and record the match preview for Bournemouth and now with Cherry's Red Army. So if you got to the end of this podcast before the game, because I know it's quite short notice, head over to YouTube and check that out. And you find all your information out ahead of the visit of the Cherries. Jamal Lowe obviously went there from us. 
recently. I don't think he's going to probably play because I think they're trying to sell him. But we'll see. I'll get all that information for you. So come and check it out. Otherwise, thanks for watching the video. Let us know all your comments of everything we've spoken about today. Are you happy with the sale of Perot? And who do you think should come in to replace him? And what are your thoughts on the Preston game? Do you think we should change anything going into Bristol City? Um, thanks for joining me once again, Lee. And we shall catch you in the next video. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few dips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.